Dr. Alejandro Badia here for another bi-weekly episode of Fixing Healthcare from the Trenches. And honored to have a guest who's really trying to attack healthcare from, from a, a segment that we all know is critical, which is the employer. And we, we will maybe touch on the history of that briefly. Uh, Mr. Carl Schusser founded Mitigate Partners, which is an organization really really directed at, at, at bringing large employers um, the, the tools to be able to really save on healthcare costs and also provide better care, which obviously as a physician is what I'm interested in, but I also know that good, especially specialized healthcare really is the most economical. And we'll be talking about that. He's uh, coming to us from Atlanta. I know he grew up in Macon, Georgia. He has a, a bunch of interesting hobbies, uh, very dedicated with his kids, but I know he's very dedicated to this issue, um, and I'm uh, honored to have uh, a Carl on the show. Thank you for coming, Carl. No, Dr. Diaz, a pleasure to be with you today. So thank, thank you for having me. So tell me a little bit about when you um, you really focused on the fact that employers need to lead the charge in, in bringing health care uh, you know, to some sense. I would say, Dr. D, it was probably February of 2013. I was coaching my, well, my son's middle school baseball team, and I got jacked up in the face with a baseball. If it had been a, a, kid, a middle school kid, they would have had their uh, face rebuilt five times, I was told. But because I'm a stubborn old fella, I didn't have to have any surgery done, but I did go to the emergency room. But it really all started there, all honesty. It was February 13, I'll never forget. And as my face went through the Jerry Garcia, looked like a tie-dyed T-shirt for the next month. Wow. Never had a headache, though. They, Of course, they did prescribe me Percocet, which I never took, and I didn't even realize about opioids then, but I did not take it. But anyway, um, hmm. I apologize. I can I can go all over the place, so I'll try to make bring it back. But I read uh, time well, that, that, that that is another uh, topic that we need to touch on. But at some point, obviously, the opioid crisis and it does affect employers and obviously patients and their families. So, so I'm glad you did mention that. Yeah, it was Time Magazine article February 13, and it was Stephen Brill's bitter pill. It was the longest article in the history of Time Magazine, and that's wow. really kind of where I had like an epiphany is things were uncovered and shared with, well, how can a bag of saline cost $400 yet it cost the hospital $3? (laughs) Things like that. And I kind of sat there, I go, golly, I sure dead gum thought it was like that. Something was wrong. And I kind of went down a different path uh, really at that point forward that kind of led me to, to where I am today. There had to be a better way to give better care and at the same time, reduce costs for both the employers and their employees. And right. um, we kind of went, I mean, that's it. I, I just, unlike a lot of people in our profession that we call brokers, uh, as my friend Rich Haney says, brokers make you broker. We're benefit advisors <laughs> and we're very different. And I always was looking through my whole career of ways to do things differently. We were out in front on high deductible health plans with HSAs before it was cool. We were and all that stuff but that's just how i was built but uh at that, that point yeah we went a totally different path uh and it led us to really to where we are today that's uh wow that's um that's interesting so we so so you folks are the ones to also speak to about about hsa's health savings accounts say that one more time Doctor. I, I said that you you folks are also the ones to speak to 
apart from from employing all in terms of health savings accounts, you're also the experts on on that. Well, well, yeah, I'll give you an opinion on that. I was just saying that we were doing that before it was cool. I'm going back to 06, yeah, before it was popular. Um, we always have been on the cutting edge of ideas and are willing to try things for the betterment of our clients and their employees. Uh, but I'm glad to give you some thoughts on the HSAs. They're wonderful. High deductible health plans are wonderful programs if the employer is going to fund the health savings account. But if the employer is not going to fund it, which 99% of them don't, it leaves the employee who doesn't have the majority of Americans don't have $500 in their checking account, Dr. Badia, and therefore putting them on an HSA platform where they got no farm, no drug co-pays, no, no uh, low cost, no low out of pockets. They're scared to death to use their health plan. So what you have is basically a functionally uninsured country that's buying these programs and it's making things worse not better. But again, if I, if I get no, if, if I get you, Dr. Badia, your practice or, you know, physicians or anyone that do earn a good living, they can take advantage of the HSA. But unfortunately, employers don't help them uh, put money well, in that account. Let's let's understand this because I'm not only a, a surgeon, a, um, a, a, you know, a, what I call a reluctant healthcare entrepreneur, because <laughs> it's darn hard. But I'm, I'm, I also obviously have a number of employees, right? And uh, and we have an excellent team. So just in my own practice of Badia Hand and Shoulder Center, we have you know quite a few people, and the uh, staff has always been very resistant about going without insurance. But I'm willing to fund it, and I don't understand why employers wouldn't do that when they can potentially get better health care, and those dollars are being spent uh, to their employees. And paying the actual people who provide healthcare, right? The physicians and nurses and, and the technicians, rather than some gleamy, you know, uh, uh, shiny building called United Healthcare, who has two hundred fifty thousand employees, right? So why why do you think that employers have been reluctant to do this when we are already now that I'm in September, we're deciding on our health health plan for next year. Uh, well, a good question. We'll make sure I'm clear on what you're asking. Are you asking about the health savings account? Why employers yes. aren't doing that particularly? Yes. Okay. Um, Considering that, that they, they that most employers correct pay for, um, you know, their employer based health plans, right? Most, I mean, I have a a broker, as you said, and I I know how much money they make because uh, uh, a friend of mine is a critical care and recovery room nurse. And, you know, became a health insurance broker. She makes much more money than saving people's lives. So, you know, it, it, uh, you're shaking your head. I mean, our system is so broken and that's why I'm I'm doing this. So something, something, something bad wrong. Here's the deal, Dr. D. Okay. Yeah. When you got an employer, let's just pick a hundred employees. Okay. Yeah. For them to fully fund an HSA for that hundred people. And if they got a family or they're employee only or whatever they are, that's extra money that the employer has to put in that plan, plus pay the premiums for the health insurance that goes with it. And it it, it can get costly. And the, the, the whole point that I'm getting to here is if you're going to do an HSA high deductible health plan, you need to put money, seed money in that HSA account for the employees. Most Americans don't make much money at all. Like I said, no, no, they, I, I get that. But it, I think what, what, what I'm getting at is, the fact is, 
that if you speak, when I speak to my employees, they end up paying money anyway when they go to their physicians. I'm thinking, me as a physician, I love when a patient says, I don't have insurance, but I'm, I, I recognize that this is about, almost as important as, you know, my plumber or my electrician or my lawyer's bills. So I'm just going to pay you like any other. Now, it gets expensive, of course. God forbid that employee, you know, gets hit by a bus, right? And then, you know, they have to be hospitalized or or they come, you know, they're diagnosed with a malignancy, a cancer. And we understand. But at that point, that's when these uh, insurance plans should kick in, right? But rather, I would rather pay for my employees and I do this for myself. When, when they go to a physician, we do that with a dentist, right? The dentist rarely works with insurance. I would rather just pay that. Why do you think that we haven't been able to get to that level in our society? Okay. All right. Great question. So we'll shift away from the health savings accounts. And by the way. Well, but it's integral to it, isn't it? Isn't yeah. it integral? Well, it, 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 it can be and it can't be. It really depends on where you want to go. My okay. wife and I have an HSA plan for our family of five. We do. Okay. But we can afford, been very blessed to have some good clients that believe in what we do. So we can afford to fund the HSA and we're okay. But it still doesn't take out of the account that you're putting the, the, the employee in America, the average American, to try and go figure out what Dr. Badia charges for a total knee replacement. Right. What, what's the cost of Dr. Badia charges X? Well, then I got United Healthcare. Then what's that cost? I mean, you get it's a very complex thing right. when you look at things. So, what insurance did, what really happened in the, in the late 80s, is that there was healthcare and there was insurance. And they merged healthcare and insurance. Now we have health insurance and all the co-pays and all the other things masked the real cost of what care was. Right. And on top of that, when we put in, the reason employers did the HSAs, Dr. Badia, was because at the time when they did it, the health, the health insurance companies were charging a lot less money for them. But oh, now that okay. premium is so dead gum high that we build plans. We call them employer-built plans at Mitigate Partners, not insurer-built plans. So it's Badia Hand Institute built healthcare, not United Healthcare. Right. Okay. Right. And we do that, but a lot of our plans have no deductibles. We remove the barriers to care. The reason the country's getting sicker and sicker and sicker is because the deductibles are getting higher and higher and higher. And they're already bankrupt before they ever go to the hospital and open the door to the ER. They're bankrupt. And that's the problem. So you have to change that and remove the barriers to care, which we do in our programs. We found that the richer the benefits, it's actually lowers the cost. Wow. Um, by the way, yeah, I mean, wow. This is, uh, uh, yes, because it's, it's what I said when I first went on is that the reality is that the, the right healthcare get at, and uh, and I'm I'm I'm, gi I'm giving away my one of my my points that we'll discuss in a few minutes, but that ends up saving money, and this is a problem that we need our society to understand, and you know, and even even the health insurance plans. So we we have to us those of us who are in the trenches need to be able to communicate with the insurance plans, right? But we don't have that. That part is completely broken. Right. So. But Will but mitigate that, partners make you make that bridge? Yeah, well, Dr. B is a great point you make. I mean, let's be honest. My dad uh, was a 49-year private practice OBGYN in middle Georgia, okay? Oh, retired wow. in January of 15th. I'll bless him. Yeah, I'm telling you. I'm telling you. 
but he retired January 15. And he, I'll never forget, he told me this when we're right. And, and that some things stick with you, Dr. Medea, when you're a young little punk like I was at the time in high school. But I remember right it's about the time I was going to college and when managed care entered middle Georgia, because you know everything gets there last. Um, <laughs> but it, it's it entered middle Georgia. He said, you know, he said, I'm not going to sign up for any ins insurance company PPOs. I'm not, I'm not doing it. Our practice isn't doing it. We're not doing it. He, I get this principled nature from him, I guess. So I, the passion and the energy is probably to blame for my father, but he didn't do it. So Dr. Badia's wife came to see him one day who'd been seeing him for 20 years. And, and she said, Dr. Schusler, I can't come here anymore. Oh, well, did we do something wrong? No, no, no. I just, you're not my network. And he came home and said, dad, he said, son, it's over. Mark my words. This is the decline of healthcare. And boy, I tell you, he nailed it wow. at that point. So the point I'm making is we can restore that back. My doctor, my choice. We can, why do we need networks? I ought to be able I'm to sorry. go wherever the heck I want to go. And that's what we do in our plans. And again, I'm sorry, I get fired up. No, no, we we're on the same page, man. This that, is this is we do know. direct. We work directly with hospitals, doctors. Right. We do that in our program, and the doctors like our plans because we're generally paying them 150 of Medicare North, depending on the specialist, and they're getting 110, 120 from the insurance company. So we want to take care of the doctors because they're integral to this being a patient-centric system. Right. They are the most they're the most important for me. I'm just telling you for me. I'd let you operate on my desk, but being an orthopedic surgeon, I don't really care about the hospital as much. Right. I care about the doctor taking care of me right. and that care team that's taking care right. of me. Yeah. And that's so, the decisions we make in our plan. So we let people, we steer, we have nurse navigation. They look into, and again, it's not perfect, Dr. Badia, but we can no, look into the outcomes, the complications, right. lawsuits whatever it is, physical therapy, whatever the metric is, we can look at that and try to help steer that member to a good doctor. Or if we have a direct relationship with a Dr. Badia, who's got an outstanding reputation, that's not a problem. And you don't have to do it. We'll pay you on the spot or 30 days before the surgery. We don't have all these problems. So I mean, you don't get paid for 90 to 120 days from United Healthcare, I guarantee you. Oh my God, no, no, it's, it's it, you know, but the problem is, uh, Colin, this, this will go to my second point. We're getting to that point in the in the show because we're we're definitely going to go over. My goal is always 15 to 20 minutes on these because people, we people do, don't hey, have a do lot of parts. <laughs> we need to do four parts. We'll do a four-part series. There you right? go. Um, I'm going to ask you an, an interesting question. So employers also have a big segment, right, called workers' comp. Right, workers' comp, and it and people think it's only just you know manual workers who get hurt, and and I'm a hand surgeon, so I see this all the time. Right, I mean saw injuries and 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 punch presses and and okay, but um, but there are uh, work comp claims in every sector. You know, people make a claim because they they think they develop carpal tunnel syndrome, a common compression neuropathy, a, a pinched nerve in the wrist because they're typing too much. Huge myth, but. But that, that's another point. The issue is, in the, why is it with an employer, we can't have a direct relationship? Because at least in Florida, when they, when they put a claim, these patients go through multiple steps, okay, to be able to get to the, the right person who can treat them. And a lot of money gets, you know, th thrown away. 
during this process. So I started, you know, we 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 follow each other on LinkedIn, and that's the reason why this happened, right? So you've seen our orthonel model. We try to go to big employers, the biggest ones here in in uh, in, in Miami area, and we said, look, if you're, you know, we're doing a lot of construction here, right? If your best sheetrocker, or roofer, or plumber gets hurt, we have a walk-in center where you're going to start with somebody who knows orthopedics, not an occupational health doctor, not a, um, you know, not a not a primary care doctor working at an alcohol center. You're going to know. You're going to see somebody. Why do you think it's been so difficult to be able to communicate with the employers or even the work comp companies to be able to save save them money? Where do you think the barriers might be? Well, that's a great question, and and I and I know depending on time, what I would my answer would be. Uh, my my co-founding partner, Mitigate Partners, Barry Murphy, and I kind of back along those ten years ago started looking at the deficiencies in healthcare that we saw from our side. Right. Um, and and I'm glad to call them out to you. There's six of them that we identified. So what we do for employers is turn those six deficiencies into opportunities for the employers. Right. Um, but you got to understand, number one of those six deficiencies is embedded conflicts of interest i.e. the cartel okay and the cartel is the insurance companies the the uh, pbms you may have heard pharmacy benefit oh the pbms yes man we call them program bilky millions you know i mean all of those out there some doctors not many but there's a component the brokers the folks in our business it's all in together and when you ask that they don't want the cost to go down the only person that wants the cost to go down is the employer. Everyone else is sitting there on the, I want you to envision this conference room table in an office and you look out the window and what do you see? United Healthcare, Advent, uh, Daytona Speedway, Advent Hospital, Advent Health. I mean, what? What, what, what? That's because they're charging low amounts for people to come there. That's how they can sponsor all these events, right? Right. <laughs> well, and, you, and a lot of them don't pay these, taxes. <laughs> right. But you got these conflicts of interest right. and no one wants the cost to go down because it hurts hospitals, uh, insurance companies, PBMs, the cost that hurts them. And our model, we don't work with insurance companies. We eliminate the middleman. Right. Eliminate all the barriers that the doctors hate. We can even waive pre-certs in certain cases and build plans to do that. The physicians, I've spoken to many physician audiences, they love it. But, you know, we can do that. So we eliminate that and let doctors get back to practicing and taking care of patients. That's how you have to make this work. But you, when you have that insurance company, Dr. Badia, that's why you got this rub that you're dealing with. Because they no, don't, it, under, they it don't understand It just sucks out so much money. From from the overall, and that's why our healthcare is twice as expensive, you know, per uh, in terms of percent of GDP and even per capita, it's twice as expensive as the next country on the list, which is Switzerland. Not exactly a you know, not exactly a third world country, right? Uh, I mean, well, uh, it, it, you know, th th this is exactly the reason. So, would, would, well, hey, listen, real quick, only only yeah. what the studies have been shown, only about twenty seven percent of every dollar spent on healthcare, twenty seven cents gets the clinician who's taking care of the patient right, right. and the other uh, and i think uh the other and about four about um is it almost uh 60 going to you know big hospital systems right 
And we've been successful talking with hospitals, working directly with them, not always in a direct contract, but in a way with one of our our, um, fair cost health plan partners that holds the contracts. So it's not it walks and talks and squeaks and squawks like a direct contract, but technically it's not because the employer and the hospital don't sign the same piece of of, of, paper. But we build it that way and we pick hospitals that have good outcomes good quality metrics and everything. And that's what we try to steer the patients to. And the same with surgeons or anything like that. And if we've got the partners like you, or, you know, I told you we spoke at the ortho forum or or, or groups like that, where we know they're good groups, we can absolutely do it. Because in our model, Dr. Bedia, there is no insurance company. There's an independent third-party administrator and they're going to really do what we tell them to do. We're the architects of this health plan. We're building it. Again, number one goal in mind is, is an employer-built health plan, not an insurer-built. And we do that and eliminate that. So we And can you guys have- uh, and mitigate works uh, around the country? Yeah, we do a lot of work in Florida. Do you? Yeah, that's the yeah. post you wrote with me was uh, that DeSoto Memorial Hospital, um, where we referenced the $64 per beneficiary savings that the ACOs generated in 2019. And little old boy from middle Georgia in the middle of Arcadia, Florida. I didn't know where it was until Dr. Lee Gross introduced us to DeSoto Hospital. I didn't even, I never heard of it. $2,420 per beneficiary versus 64. I don't know, man, you go figure. Yeah, but no, I will tell you, uh, the, no, the, I know reason that, having, the reason I, you're having trouble in Florida, I'm sorry, I get fired up. Yeah, no, no, no. We, well, it's, there's trouble all over the country, as you know, yeah. but, uh, you know, normally the, this podcast, we don't... Uh, we don't often get into, you know, that that sort of granular, like, I, you know, let's do some work together. But uh, it's it's an educational thing. And uh, but definitely we, we need to talk. And hopefully a lot of the people uh, listening will will uh, will say, you know what, I, I, I got to call these f- fellows and mitigate. Um, Here's another good thing, Dr. Medea. The reason you probably had trouble in Florida and that part of Florida you're in down there in South Florida. You're dealing with it. the biggest hurdle to this working quite honestly, the absolute biggest hurdle is the broker. Because if you go talk to an employer, you've got a friend that runs a, you know, a widget company with 300 employees and you go talk with them. They know you, they like you, your kids play sports together. Y'all sit on the church pew together, whatever you, you talk to them. And, oh, we love this. This is great. Dr. Bia. This is wonderful. Let me talk to our broker. You call the broker and they're selling blue cross blue shield of Florida I can tell you where that call goes. Now, I, if, if I'm the broker, that's not, and I'm not a broker, but if I'm yeah. the advisor. No, no, I, I know what it's going But here's, on, what I, here's what I want to say. If you make that, where that thing dies is, hey, Bob, you don't want to do that. That job, uh, this is working good. Okay. And then Bob's back to answer the 400 emails he missed while you were taking time uh, that day meeting with him. And that's the problem. So you need to find a good advisor. We can help you with that. But you got to, there are not a lot of them out there because, I got to tell you, it's a good gig. You just referenced some clinician that left taking care and saving lives to go in this business. You can make a lot of money sitting there meeting with a client once or twice a year, delivering an increase. And when you deliver the increase, guess who gets a raise? I do. Yeah, I well, mean, I, I, well, I'll tell you, the, per, the first person, who, I, I, whoever in my staff is listening on the podcast, uh, they, they, uh, they, they will, uh, they, this, this will be an eye opener for them because I've been talking about this for years. And it's important to practice what you preach. Um, and, and I've been saying this for a long time. 
So like I said, we'll speak. So I want to hear, you mentioned at one point there were six points that you and Mr. Murphy came up with, but I, I would like to hear from you the top three basic initiatives that you would love to see enacted, whether it be, whether it be, you know, what's going to happen in, uh, you know, in the next election or whatever, but the top three initiatives that you'd like to see that would literally change U.S. healthcare delivery. All uh, right. That's a tough, I, that's, I know you said something about it. I told you, I'm not reading any of that stuff till you ask me. So <laughs> I'm supposedly better on my feet. Of course, the audience will have to decide that, but, um, well, you have you have so uh, many. So, th what are three that jump out at you? Well, and I, and I'm, I'll tell you. I'm well. You know, that's a that's a. I mean, this is a complex issue, right? And so, what you ask me is a very difficult to answer. Um, I tell you what, I'd like to do if I can have the the ability to. I'll share all six. I'm gonna name them, and then I'm gonna tell you the top three. How about that? Because I think that would help your audience. Okay. All right. Well, you got to fire them off because we, uh, we, we, we start losing people, I think, after about uh, okay. 25 minutes. It's, I it's, got you. So the okay. six deficiencies we identify were embedded conflicts of interest, i.e. the cartel that I described right. earlier. The lack of cost and quality transparency, the ability for an employee at an employer to find out what something's going to cost. Okay. Okay. Number three, fraud, waste, and abuse, medical billing errors. 99% of all hospital bills are wrong. And I can show you my wife's bill. I can wow. go over this. I'm blue in the face. Okay. Number four, the traditional PPO discount game. You might have heard of a charge master before at a hospital and <laughs> they get behind the scenes and, hey, I'll, how about our charge master is 9 million percent of Medicare and we'll give you a 50% discount. Right. Well, a 50% discount off something that costs a dollar they charge $199 for is not a good deal. Right. Um, the pharmaceutical shell game. Oh, my gosh. That's the, I the, P, the PBMs. Yep. And the lack of information and data, the ability for an employer to find out what the heck is going on with their health plan because they can't. I'm okay, doing that right to, now. Oh, but they have to care. And I'm telling you that has been a. I, I went to the largest Hispanic owned company in the country. So people can look up who that is. Okay. They're very flood. They're good people. All right. Took care of a family member. And, and I'm telling you, the CEO loved this. The CEO loved what we were doing with this direct walk in orthopedic care for it. And, but that it stopped right there. All right. And that, that is the problem is that the employer has to care to the point to look at the data and say, you know what, I'm willing to make a change. And I can tell you, because I've gone for years to all the Chamber of Commerce uh, meetings. So we imagine a surgeon sometimes in scrubs showing up at a Chamber of Commerce meeting. Why Why would a surgeon do that? Well, because, he, he cares. He cares and he wants to well, change. I definitely care. And, but, but I understood a lot of the points you made, which is why. So I'm going to do a shameless plug for my book. I think you know about it, Carl. I discussed pretty much every point you mentioned. There's a whole three pages in here about pharmacy benefit managers and people worry about the cost of drugs. So I, I love those six points. You are the first guest to give six, not three points. I love it. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to cover the three real quick that I think are most critical, but no. Okay. And, and by the way, anytime you want to do something together, you call me and I'll jump on a plane and, and we'll go get it done, man, because I'm telling you, and I've got, we got Mitigate Partners down in Florida, nobody yeah. in South Florida at the moment, but more South, Southwest Gulf Coast, Central Florida. But anyway, we're, we can help you, but you got to have both. That's what I'm trying to say, Dr. D. I've taught, you know what direct primary care is, DPC? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've spoken at many of their conferences. 
the doctors, as you know, are a lot smarter than me. I mean, y'all got an MD and 900 years of education. I'm a lowly old nobody yeah, no, four you, years you, of college. Listen, you need a lot of smart people to disrupt well, healthcare. Right. They can't be do, all, yeah. I know, but what do I know? So the doctors go out and talk to these employers. And then just the example I gave you, they get shut down and they're done. So it takes both of us. I've experienced it many times. You have to partner with a benefits advisor and go together. We have some stories that are unbelievable that have been shared across America on all the national stages. So anyway, the embedded conflicts of interest, you got to eliminate it. You got to remove them. The way you do that is you eliminate the middleman. You get rid of them. You don't need most of them. You do not need them. That's number one. Okay, you do that real quick. The post you and I are on together to Soto Memorial Hospital hired us, myself and Murphy. And in one year, with Dr. Gross's help, the direct primary care doctor who brought us there and they put in direct primary care in a hospital. Think about that for a minute. That never happens. Okay, yeah, no, you're right. But, but I mean, no hospital does that because they want fee for service docs and they own docs. So the point was in one year, by kicking one of the BUCAs, Blue Cross United Signet and Humana. I'm not going to say it in the public audience one-on-one I could, but kick one of them to the curb, kick the one of the largest PBMs to the curb in the country. Wow. And their network. And in one year, they saved 1.2 million or 54%. So you folks out there listening and you don't think there's a lot of money in this business, you're crazy. Eliminate the middles. And that's that's 157 employees, Dr. Medea. 157 employees. Okay. Wow. All right. Number two is a lack of cost and quality transparency data. If I look up Dr. Badia, I don't know how many hand surgeries he does a year. He might tell me, I ought to be able to know that. My son had a major jaw surgery, major jaw surgery on May 25th at Emory Hospital, which by the way is a stellar hospital. It is. And and, um, the doctor that took care of my son 77 years old, Dr. Padilla, he does 150 of these surgeries a year and has for 40 years. Do you think he's pretty good at his craft? I would say so. Here's the point. What if you go to hand surgeon that does two a year? Are they going to be as good as Dr. Padilla? But no one can find it out. We have a nurse navigation team that finds that out for that member. That's number two. Number three, I mean, it's a cross between the fraud, waste, and abuse, medical billionaires. I mean, the stuff, my wife had a laparoscopic appendectomy. It was $29,984, and there were $10,696 of billionaires on the bill that United Healthcare paid. I'm glad to put it up and show it to you. Here's my point on all that, okay? That's a problem. Yeah. And then United Healthcare pays a discount off of the twenty nine grand when it should have been paid off of nineteen grand. So that's a real issue. And then the discount game that's a part of that too. 29 grand for laparoscopic appendectomy? Really? And the doctor only made $2,000 and he was the most important part in the whole thing. So oh, he, would have, he, he would have made less than that in Florida for the most part, to be honest. So, <laughs> um, Well, hey, y'all aren't paying state taxes. I don't want to hear it. That's true. You're, you're right about that's why That's why they're coming here in droves. So pay attention, New York State where I expanded my practice back. I operated on a patient in New York City last week. So people think I'm crazy. I'm actually been going the other way. Uh, but but yeah, there, there's so many factors here. You're right. So I'm going to give you my three, Carl, in a nutshell. We, well, hey, I, I didn't ask, but go ahead. No, no, I give my, and every podcast, I give my three because I want to drill this in. So I think, and you talk about middlemen, I think we need oversight, not authorization. 
Meaning don't put barriers in every decision that a physician makes because each of those barriers, uh, you know, it, it leads to increased um, a time in, in getting a resolution and cost, right? So just have oversight, right? Just like they do with TSA, you pull out, you know, pull out somebody every once in a while and make sure because you, you can't, you cannot have this cog in a wheel. Uh, the other thing is uh, there's too much to know in medicine nowadays. You got to have, you got to see the right specialist at the right time. Okay. That, that, that saves a lot of money. Our system, we, we did this whole thing with the gatekeeper. Primary care doctors are too busy to be doing that. Okay. Let, let them keep us healthy and pick up things early. Okay. And then public education. That's the last one. That's why I wrote a book, Healthcare from the Trenches. That's why I have the podcast. That's why I have, you know, brilliant people like you on the show. And I look forward to really doing more with you, Carl. Uh, well, no, it's a great point on the direct primary care doctor, Badia, and I should, that the foundation of a good employer built health plan is direct primary care. Yes. Not a fee for service model. 100%. And that absolutely, that's why that's been such a movement. It's it's moving slowly, but it's moving. And we, I tell you, every one of the plans we put in, they save a lot of money uh, because it's the first time ever they can sit with a doctor for 30 minutes to an hour and the waiting room's got nobody in it. Unlike my dad's waiting room, by the time he retired, there's 50 people in here. Rattle, rattle, here comes the cattle, man. It was crazy. <laughs> well, I, I, I think that I think things uh, are going to change. I, I, I know I'll see it in my lifetime. I have uh, teenagers and I'm hoping that what we're seeing right now is, is not sustainable. So we'll be in touch um, and, uh, you know, you know, tell people about our discussion uh, and, and let's share this. Those of you who are listening, please share it. When you when you hit like, that's wonderful. You know, but Carl and I don't have big egos. What we're interested is these ideas being being spread. So please share it. Um, and look, I'd love to hear from uh, my, my friends at Blue Cross. Maybe this will uh, challenge them to, to kind of actually sit down with me. Yeah, hey, tell them to come on and listen. I'm glad to be there with you. You tell them that they better pack a breakfast, lunch, and dinner. That's all, <laughs> all right, Carl. Well, we'll be on. Thanks, everyone, for listening in. Our, our show went way over. Why? Because these are the really disruptive ideas that we need to enact. So see Whoa, whoa, whoa. Here. Hold on. Hold on. I want to say one thing before you do that. No. Uh-oh. They're not disruptive. Here's the problem, Dr. D, and this is where everyone needs a paradigm shift. You know, somebody says, oh, Carl, you mitigate folks. Y'all are disruptors. How can doing the right thing be considered disruptive? We don't need to disrupt healthcare. We need to correct it. 